0: going on guys? Happy Tuesday. George here going bracket racing. Uh, Hope you guys are having a great day, great week. It's the start of the week. Uh, Hope you enjoyed your days off if you were able to get that last night. uh, For those of you who didn't, well, I enjoyed my day off. Casey, I got my brother with me here. Uh, Casey, what's going on?
1: Man, another Tuesday, right? It's actually nice out here right now. It was a bunch of ice this weekend. It was about I don't know. It was like 25 degrees. I'm talking to our buddy champ who was on the stream last weekend with Brandon Brandon lane on Tuesday, not actually the weekend, but uh, I was talking to him on the weekend. Side note, if you haven't seen that show, go watch it. It was a good show. Um, I, I was talking to him on the phone. I said, man, there's a bunch of ice on my back deck right now, trying to skate around and everything, get some firewood, keep the uh, fireplace going for the wife make sure she's all good to go. And, uh, Yeah, man. He calls me. He says, man, it's 40 degrees over here. So sure enough, I go back outside about two hours later, and everything's melted. So we got some nice weather right now. I don't know if this app's right or not. It claims it's going to be eight inches of snow out here next weekend, but I very highly doubt that. So we'll see what happens. I didn't move to North Carolina because I love snow, though, I can tell you that.
0: I could expect that. No, man, it's nice here, too. 71 degrees. What a lovely day for drag racing here in uh, the good old northern Texas for me. Uh, too bad it's Tuesday and there's nothing going on. And uh, Mo's on jack stands, so I'm pretty sure he's not ready to go either. But uh, shout out to Champ over there at Champ's Performance. He got my NGK plugs out here. Got some auto lights from my old man. Guys, if you need anything as far as for Parts, items. Hey, you gotta you gotta head over to Champ. He's, he really gets the job done. Um, and um, special shout out to Syntax Printing for coming on board with going bracket racing. And uh, you like decals for your car? You want a side sticker for the for the fender? Hey, man, he can probably hook you up with pretty much anything that you want. So just let him know. I'm pretty sure he could design it as well because his thought process, his brain is surrounding this, the bracket racing world as well. So he's a bracket racer and he knows what you guys are looking for. What do you think, Casey?
1: That's right, man. And uh, Syntax covers all kinds of stuff, man. Business cards, brochures, uh, NCR forms, multi-page booklets, like anything you can imagine. Labels. I, see, I saw they were making menus. Uh, I mean, whatever can be printed, they print them, man. And uh, if they can design them too, then that's where you need to be. They laser cut all their stickers. You don't have that ugly white background. Uh, everything looks good. So... You see those nice going bracket racing stickers guess what he's hooking us up with some of them and we'll send some out to you all. So if you guys want to send us your address we'll get some over to you man, I heard that and I heard that man so
0: now today's guest guys and this is of course the winter series episode number four uh, we've been going strong here with this whole uh, there's no drag racing going on so let's figure out what we can do during the off season. well winter series was a, was a great start for us so Episode number four. We got a great guest for you, and uh, all the way out of Brownsburg, uh, <laughs> Indiana, we have Rex Simmermaker. Uh, you may know him from the Fast Brackets podcast, and something else we're going to mention here pretty soon called Win Light bets. I know you haven't. You may not have heard of it. You may have, but you're going to learn a lot about it uh, here today. Rex, how's it going, buddy? What's going on, fellas? Appreciate you having me on. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely, Rex. Man, we uh, we definitely uh, appreciate your innovative skills. Uh, you got you kind of paved the way for us uh, to start this ongoing bracket racing deal with uh, the Fast Brackets podcast. So you've been around our sport for quite some time, and that's going to lead me straight into my first my first question, Rex. How did you get bit by the bug, shall I say, uh, infatuated with bracket racing?
2: yeah man um well i I grew up in it just like you guys did you know um my my dad uh was bracket racing at gateway just like your guys dads are you know um so we we've known each other at least our families have known each other for a long time and so you know we i'm lucky enough to drive you know the car that my dad bought before i was born so to be fair and just you know i i like to say Kind of jokingly, I like to say, if you're going to ask my dad which one he loves more, that car or me, I ask you to give me a few minutes to leave the room first, because it could be an uncomfortable answer. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I I grew up in the sport, going with him, uh, racing. We ran some super gas for a while. Um, You know, been running uh, different series and bracket races around the Midwest. I live in Indianapolis now really close to the, the track here and in into you. I can, you know, hear the cars going down the track, whether I open my windows or not. And so it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, you know how it is, like you you get it in your blood and, and that's that, like it's, uh, my mom thinks it's worse than addiction because what she says is there's at least a 12-step program for people that have an addiction. There's no such thing for drag racers. And so, you know, here we are, all three of us. Yep, that's, that's spot right, on. Man. That is
1: spot <laughs> that's, on. That's about as close as you can get to because then you you see uh, you see people like us over here, and we're just all over here being like, what? How much more money can I spend at TRSR <laughs> Racing Products? How much more money can I spend at Chance Performance? How much more money can I spend at BRG 3D Printed Parts? Man, the uh, you just you you can't get away from it. It's there's always something you can buy, and if there's if there's something that you need, then BRG can invent it for you. So if you can't buy it, he'll make it. And then you just got to spend even more money. But I know you've been doing a ton of updates to your personal race car, man. Tell us a little bit about that car and about the process.
2: Yeah, so that's a 67 Camaro my dad bought. Um, it's an RSSS car uh, my dad bought before I was born. Still has the VIN tags and all that stuff. And, it, it, you know, that's one of those cars that, um, you know, he he's just made better every year, you know, little by little made better every year. And, Really, uh, we considered a family heirloom at this point. You know, it's one of those things where uh, it, it is part of the, the will. It's part of the, the whole operation of the Simmermaker family at this point. But um, two years ago, um, had a mechanical issue, went upside down. And so it was that that's not good. That's not how you should do it, uh, just for the record. Um, I was, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an unnerving feeling going upside down and down the track. And then, you know, turning off the engine and and uh, watching fuel dump out in front of you, that's not great. But uh, it did allow us to make the next, um, you know, version of the car, which was, you know, it, it was a two by three uh, steel frame car. And um, it was all mild steel before. And so we chopped it off the frame rails. It's molly from the frame rails up now, uh, fiberglass roof and quarters. And so we took probably 300 plus pounds out of it. And we're really excited about that, and added some horsepower uh, over the winter, horsepower and torque over the winter. So we're excited about where it'll be in terms of a a really good bracket car, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we probably call it a 520s uh, bracket car in that range. And really excited about, you know, what that's going to do for us this year. I mean, it's it's it was kind of a long year last year, going through the rebuild process and trying to figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it, and because um, we had the car in really good shape. It was really consistent. It was just, you know, it was one of those things where if you messed up, it was the driver's fault, which I'm not sure is better. Like, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's better when you're driving home, if you go, the car was bad or the driver was bad, but uh, we had gotten it to the point where the, it was only the driver was bad. And so I was working on that and then had that issue. So here we go. You know, 2022 could be a good year for us that way.
0: Uh, definitely, definitely. So, so this isn't on the script here. We have a little bit of a script sometimes for you. But, uh, <laughs> you plan on hitting any big uh, bracket races this next coming year?
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's not quite done. So, um, yeah, but obviously, I'm based in Indianapolis. Um, my, my dad is still based in Litchfield, Illinois, which I'm sure your listeners probably know there are a handful of really great bracket racers out of Litchfield. And, um, but close to St. Louis. So we we try to keep it close here in Illinois, Indiana, that area. Although, you know, we can travel if we want to, but obviously Gateway has some big ones coming up this year. And then, um, you know, we can come to Indy and do some things like that as well
1: that's right man and george and i go back and forth about that all the time not really back and forth george and i are one-sided about that but we just don't understand why gateway is so underutilized personally the uh, it's in the middle of the country i mean the only thing i say would be equal to it would be maybe indy because indy is what it is but i don't think indy is as easy to get to as gateway is i mean gateway is literally right off the interstate you don't have to take back roads to get there you get off and you go right in and the place is massive and probably one of the newest super tracks in the country why is gateway so underutilized
2: uh, yeah it's a great great question and i think the three of us probably are just old enough to know when it went the other way right when the track went the other way and that's yeah. that's really where i made my first passes uh it was you know now it's uh, very popular to do the top end uh you know drag stuff but uh, back in the day it was going the other other direction and so I, your point is very well founded and i brought it up on Two episodes ago, I guess, on the Fast Brackets podcast where we were kind of talking about top sportsmen, top drags are having a year-end finale where instead of having a 32-car field, it would go to 64. Um, Steve Kazner made a great point. He thought he should be in Vegas. And and that you know that track obviously is a great track as well, but um, Gateway is more in the middle of the country. And if you're going to have a, an extra round in that type of thing... You better not make it so only half of the country can get there right, right. and so we, we were kind of discussing that obviously we're not making any decisions and hra doesn't um have me on speed dial they don't care what i think that said um i i'm with you i think gateway is a, a great facility and and man you, you're gonna find hard to find somebody who disagrees with
1: that sentiment and, and george had a great uh a great point that we had actually, believe it or not, never brought up on the Golden Bracket Racing YouTube channel, which is very surprising because we talk about Gateway a lot during our open discussions. <laughs> but uh, man, George's point was no curfew at Gateway. That's always a problem lately. There is no curfew at Gateway. You can run all night and ride in, start right back up at six in the morning if you feel like it. There. Yeah. No. Well, right,
2: right or wrong, right? The the track has that uh, the the Mississippi river going around it. Right. Right. So, or, and so it kind of blocks and, and, uh, keeps the, the neighborhoods away that way. And it's, so it's great for us.
0: It is. Right? And there's so much nightlife there too. I mean, especially with a, a lot of the formats that we have nowadays with, Hey man, it's a marathon to get, said million dollar race done or said 500, 500, uh, 175 K. It's a marathon. Most of these races are saying, Hey, we're going to get the first round done and the buybacks done. We hope. So if you won first round in both entries, if you're doubled, man, the casino is right there, 15 minutes away. (laughs) You got all downtown Dallas right there, or excuse me, downtown St. Louis, all right there, 15 minutes away. So, I mean, hotels won't be an issue i even think there's a camping world close if you want to rent an rv camping world you know i coined that so if you want to throw some sponsorship camping world for me saying that i'll give you my email address you can just hit me up anyway anyway but right you know what i mean there's all of that's right there and gateway is just large enough to where even if you can't drive an rv well you got enough room you won't have a problem getting it in there regardless right. you know what i mean that's
2: exactly right yeah so, And, you know, I will say this, too. I mean, my whole childhood was, you know, hitting the the uh, Waffle House at three o'clock in the morning and then coming home. I mean, it was just it was in its nature to run a little late there at Gateway. And so you just you kind of knew you're like, all right, we'll hit the Waffle House. We'll be home at, you know, four o'clock in the morning. And then, you know, mom was waking us up at seven to (laughs) go to church. That's That's how we that's how we operated, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a hundred percent correct. And I, uh, the Waffle House I used to hit—I remember it. It was the one in Collinsville. Oh, That's for On sure. the way straight yeah. back to Greenville. And if it wasn't, if it <laughs> totally. wasn't the Waffle House, it was the White Castle. that was right across Doggum Highway. We were so.
1: the uh, we were Steak and Shake people over here. <laughs> um, Jerry Bonfield, um, he might be in there. I know Jeff is. Jeff remembers us going to uh, going to the Steak and Shake. I'm sure late at night after one of us won the Junior Dragster races. So. <laughs>
2: That's, a, that's kind of big time. I stick thinking Waffle <laughs> House.
0: Well, hey, I, I'll tell you what, guys. we got more for you coming right up. We're going to uh, take a quick break right here and get, uh, get some words from our uh, wonderful sponsors there. Be right back to you. BRG Motorsports 3D printed racing Parts are able to provide you with whatever you desire to enhance your drag racing operation. Items like safety belt magnets, nitrous bottle holder, and even quick-release delay box mounts are able to be obtained from BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts. Have a look at top selling items such as helmet hooks and steering wheel hooks, which are proven to make it easier to maneuver throughout your race car. You can contact BRG Motorsports 3D Printed Racing Parts at telephone number
2: 765-729-1177.
0: Alright guys, welcome back, welcome back. Thanks uh over to BRG. Uh as we mentioned before, if you got something that you need. I seen the other day, I think he came out with uh a mounting system for the K and R wiring kit, the heavy duty. And I wanna tell you it took me a while to figure out what to do with Mo on how to get that mounting kit put up there or that wiring kit put up there. Well um Mr. Brian Garrett, BRG, has created a easy to use wiring harness, uh, was what I would call it. It holds that bad boy up there. All you got to do is tell him what size of uh, pipe you got sitting up there and he can get you something squared up. So um, certainly thank you very much, uh, Mr. BRG, for being part of the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. But uh, Rex, as we keep moving on, man, and the next question I have for you down on this list here is, uh, as we begin to move into 22, and the season uh, uh, for us here in Texas is seemingly a month away, uh, right at a month away, starting at the end of February here, so where do you see bracket racing heading in the future? Um, do you think we're going to continue to grow at the pace that we have with the insane money races that we've been having, um, um, or do you think uh, more competitors are going to keep showing up every day, keeping that thing basically, uh, basically fit? Where do you think we're headed?
2: Well, it doesn't feel like we're slowing down, does it? I mean, what do we have? Seven hundred cars down in Bradenton uh, over New Year's. I mean, that's yeah. that doesn't feel like uh, things are slowing down at all now. Um, you know, the economy always plays a part of that, I would you know, would say, I mean, that things can change pretty quickly. But um, at this point, I mean, I think bracket racing is probably as healthy as it's been in a long, long time. And so I think what we're gonna probably find is there's gonna be some, uh, you know, this is just my best guess. I think there's gonna be some middle ground, right? Not everybody's gonna wanna run for a million bucks. Uh, not everybody can, you know, Take the mortgage payment that month and and bet it but um there's there's gonna be some middle ground somewhere where it's you know wh- whether it's twenty five thousand win fifty thousand hundred 100 i don't know what it is I mean i don't know what the number is but i think people will find that sweet spot and you know continue to do what they love because i mean let's be honest i mean tomorrow's promised to nobody and we if this is what we do let's get to it i mean there's there's no real reason to to not be doing what we wanna do. So in, in my opinion, I feel like it's as strong as probably it's been in a long, long time. You have really good promoters out there. The promoters are figuring out how exactly to to gain and retain uh, customers. And um, those that don't, I've said this about the drag racing world for a long time, I've said it's hard to be a shyster in this, in this world because uh, people sniff you out pretty quick and it it, while it's a big sport in terms of worldwide popularity it's a small uh universe i would say and and your reputation gets around so you know i i wouldn't be able to do what i do you guys wouldn't be able to do what you do if it wasn't for your reputation so uh in my opinion it's uh life is good for the bracket racer right now
1: definitely man and that's uh that's kind of going off what you were saying earlier is some of these races isn't even your it's not even necessarily a month's mortgage payment, it might be six months mortgage oh, payment. Right. You know, like right. there's a there's a race that Jake Hodge actually throws called the working man's ten grand out by you over at the old E T raceway. I don't know what it's called now, maybe Waggler or something it seems like. I've been there. Uh, yep. Yeah. We used to run there quite a bit, and once you start smelling the turkeys, if they're still across the street, <laughs> yeah. by the way, you're going to pick up just a little bit in case anybody's going to Jake's race this year. Just keep that in mind. You start smelling that, you think I'm crazy, but you're going to pick up about five <laughs> or six little numbers, I'm telling you.
2: Uh, there's no doubt, and that's such a great track. I hope I hope they have more races there uh, this year and the next year, because that track is Waggler now is just such a great little track, and Jake did a nice job with um, his working man there as well
1: definitely just something that something that's affordable and you can still win good money for the working man you know i mean if you get if i can get 10 grand i mean that's gonna pay my mortgage payment for the majority of the year you know what i mean that's right that's right so yeah so i think from that
2: standpoint i mean i think there's there's a lot of good opportunities to to race and to race whatever your budget is and you know um still make it fun
1: right definitely so Man, let's talk about your new endeavor here with Win Light Bets. Uh, I guess let's give, let's give uh, the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel viewers the uh, rundown on what exactly Win Light Bets is and what your thought process was behind creating it.
2: Yeah, so thanks for asking. So, Win Light Bets is really bringing the sport of drag racing to the legalized gaming world and legalized gambling to drag racing. So right now, we all know that from time to time, people might place a wager on on a drag race for, you know on occasion from time to time. And um, what uh, the, the gaming world is looking for new sports to bet on. So it's a perfect merger. I mean, I'll give you a little bit of history. About three years ago, or prior to three years ago, so let's call it four years ago, the U.S. government said you can't gamble anywhere except – Uh, Vegas, essentially in Atlantic City, right? And then about three years ago, the federal government said, you know what, we want out of that business. Like that's really, why should we just uh, make it only two cities? You guys can gamble on the rivers, right? Um, So why should we do just the, we want to be out of that business. So what they did was three years ago, they said every state can decide for themselves whether they want legalized sports betting. And so from that standpoint, then it opened up the, the, the floodgates, so to speak. So today, there are 30 states that are legal to, to do sports betting in. Uh, 33 are legal, I should say. 30 are operational. Three are in process. They've approved it, but they're in process of getting uh, opening. And then there are another uh, 12 that have that have deals in Congress, and their state Congress, trying to get those approved. So we're going to get very quickly, I'd probably say by the end of next year, we'll probably have 49 states approved for legal sports betting. Utah will probably never get there, and that's okay, but um, the other 49 will. But what that means for all kinds of sports is there's a race, and you, you probably heard, you know, or you, you probably get advertisement for DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, BetMGM, all of that stuff. So those those sports books then are trying to find uh, consumers, right? And so obviously there is there is betting on basketball, baseball, football, all you know, tennis, all of those sports. But what you cannot do today is legally bet on drag racing. And so for the NHRA's part, they've always said, "Hey, we don't want that in our sport." And I understand why they have said that in the past. I do. I think there is a, a changing of a thought. Um, from that standpoint, just um, because it's legal everywhere now. I mean, you're talking about uh, people that are turning 21 now that have, you know, since they've graduated high school, it's been legal. So, so there is kind of a change in the mentality. I am not personally a gambler at all. Like I'm, I'm really not. Um, I'll put a few bucks on something that I have my hand in. Um, Obviously, drag racing in and of itself is gambling. You know, you're we're talking about, you know, loading up half our net worth into a metal box, hauling it across the country, paying an entry fee, trying to win some money. That is gambling. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> that said, other than that, I'm not really a gambler. Um, I was a banker for 20 plus years. Um, And so from that standpoint, it's not really in my nature to gamble. What it is in my nature is to protect the things I love. And so what happened to me was about, uh, and I'll I'll say this, 10 years ago, I was running a series, uh, the NHRA Unleashed. And so you know, we were always talking about how to bring more eyeballs. And I'll give NHRA a lot of credit because they tried that series. It didn't ultimately work out, but they tried it and got my wheels spinning to be to be honest, and so three years ago when I started um, the Fast Brackets podcast, I really got in, you know, got to the point where I was gonna make a major investment. I mean, top sportsmen, top dragster cars are, as you know, Casey, they're they're heavy duty investments. I mean, and not to say that our bracket cars don't have a lot of money into them, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm uh, We know that money is real as well, but those cars, and you know, you get into pro mod ranks and stuff. It it adds up really quick, and the consumables are really expensive. So, um, you know, my family, like I mentioned, has this bracket called, that we consider an heirloom. We've got other drag cars that we're building, and I I really got to thinking, is this something that is I'm going to be able to give to my nephews when it's all said and done. And so the thought process really came about how, to, how do we make our sport better? How do we make it um, have some longevity? And so when when I, I read a lot, so when I read that, you know, they were having legalized sports betting, it made a lot of sense to me. So about this time last year, um, I, I took a buyout from the bank I was working with, and I've spent the last year 100% full-time working on Winlight Bets to bring – drag racing to the legalized gaming world and the legalized gaming world to drag racing. And from that standpoint, it is really, I believe, and I, uh, I can believe this can just as a real benefit to the sport, because the amount of cash that can be injected into the sport is, is really pretty substantial. And when we talk about things that we want to change in our sport or we want to improve, usually it comes down to well we should just write the check like where's the money for that right that's always the answer i know in bracket racing we talk a lot about should the winner get the majority of the cut or should we get a lot of round money and should the winner take a little bit of a haircut right because there's only so much x dollars now if we change that scenario entirely and there were 30,000 people buying tickets to watch a bracket race. Well, now you get round money and you get big money up top. I mean, that's just, that's how that would work. And so the question is, how do you get people in the stands? And every sport is trying to get more and more interactive. That's what we're trying to do. Every sport, baseball, basketball, football, everything about what those associations do is try to become more interactive. And, there is no better way to interact with the sport that you're watching than to have your whole cold, hard cash on the line. There, There's no way to get more interactive than that. You are paying attention. You, you know, if uh, if you're passing by and you're like, okay, the, you know, the, the millions on, okay, that's fun to watch. If you've got money on the line, you're watching that rate. I mean, there's there's yeah. nothing else that is detracting you at that point. And so we know that. We know that, for instance, the NFL, um, they take bets on about 13% of every person that walks through an NFL stadium, bets on the game. They they know that. That's That's the data that they have out there. So I would ask you guys, you guys know drag racers, you know, drag racing fans. What do you think is more likely? You think that percentage is higher or lower in the drag racing fandom.
1: I mean, I would say it's higher. I mean, the cool part about drag racing is too is that we had Mark and JoAnne with Motor Mania on a couple episodes ago and uh, I mean, at any given time, they'll have people watching in foreign countries and stuff too. Uh they might have 10 or 20,000 people watching any given race and they might have three races going on at once. I mean, what's better for somebody and and the thing is, is it inevitably gets them addicted to our sport and that's what's important
2: absolutely we have you know there's a lot of data and you guys have friends that are not drag racers i have friends that aren't drag racers they will bet on the nascar races they, they don't have any attachment to nascar they don't have any you know desire to watch a nascar race but it's sunday afternoon and they've got a few bucks in their account, so they're putting money on the event and watching it until their guy wrecks, and then he's out, and he's like, "Okay, right. um, I guess that's a, I'll go do something on the honey do list for the rest of the app Right? Yeah. That's that's how they operate. So uh, what I really love about this is the ability to draw ancillary eyeballs, and from that standpoint, I think it's um, you know you, you don't have to be a, a huge gambler to know that. Hey, this might be fun if I put a couple bucks on the uh, on the race and then see what happens. And it's quick. That's the other thing. So NASCAR has really struggled with with figuring out how to bet um, correctly. I would say, you know, how to how to place bets because their their events are long and it's. You know, if you bet money on a driver that wrecks in uh, lap three, well, that's no fun for you anymore, right? You're ready to turn it off. That's not the way we work, obviously. Like, you can you can bet, and you can bet again in another 45 seconds because there's another pair going down the track.
1: Now, and, here's a uh, – sorry to cut you off, but there's a question in the chat that I know you're going to want to address here. <laughs> so Troy Attencronby saying, how are you going to set the lines – uh, on 700 entries at mega races, when you don't necessarily know the matchups until right before they stage.
2: It's a great question. Uh, appreciate it. So, so there, there's going to be steps to this process, right? There's phase one, there's phase two, there's phase three. Uh, the first phase is what's called pair mutual betting. So it's much like a horse, uh, horse track betting. So there, you know, let's call it 10 or 12 horses that go off everybody places their bets on the horse that they would want to bet on and the people who bet on the winning horse or in this case the winning driver then those the number of people that bet on that would split all the the handle and so for instance let's let's think about a big uh, dollar bracket race let's say it gets to the split right now we have 15 cars, 16 cars, or whatever. Now you can do that. That acts just like a horse race. From that standpoint, it just it takes a little time to get to the winner, right? The horse race goes and it's done right there. But what we could do is let's call a 16 car race. You can do do one event at 16 cars, and when we get to the next round, we're going to have a whole nother event that only has eight cars in it. And then when we get to the semifinals, we're going to have a whole event that only has three or four cars and then you can do the same thing. So just if all you do is talk about the quarterfinals on, there are different, or 16 car fields on, there's there's multiple bets you can get in. Now that's phase one. There's also what's called peer-to-peer betting, which is probably what most of us are familiar with, right? Especially if you're watching on Motor Mania or whatever, you're, you know, you can see it. People are like, hey, I got 30 bucks on uh, this car, right? This, yeah. and I'll somebody's gonna right take it. right? Left. Yep. That's exactly right. So that's peer-to-peer, and that is really phase two. That's um, something we're in development on right now to make uh, really more efficient and quick because the the beauty of drag racing is it's quick. Um, the downside from a developer side is it's quick. The next one's up. And so, um, yes, yeah, so we're working on that. That's peer-to-peer. And then once you have real data, and, and this might only work, you know, um, Uh, It's probably not day one, but it's it's uh, it's later in the process. Once we have more and more data on every, and Casey, we're going to, you know, we have data on you and we go, oh, well, your average reaction time is this. Your average deviation from your dial in is this. Now we'll be able to set lines. So the question is really valid and it's something, something we put a lot of time into in order to get right. And make sure that uh, it works for the entire sport.
0: I like it, and certainly a good question, guys. If you got any more questions like that, go ahead and keep keep bringing them our way. We'll do the best that we can to get those questions out uh, in the open. C- certainly a great great question there, Troy. Um, but as we move forward here, now I know there is a there's a platform, guys. We're sitting here talking about a platform, and I kind of want to highlight the app because I saw it; it it does look pretty neat. I don't know, quite know how to work it now, but I'm 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 a, I'm a geek, as Kasky would call me. It ain't gonna take me but five minutes to figure it out. Okay, so how's that app work, and then how do you bet? Uh, I heard you mentioned there's maybe some type of a pool or a holding system, almost similar what I would think to is like a PayPal almost, where you've uploaded money into this type of system, and then you can kind of peer to peer back and forth.
2: Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that I'm not a gambler, right? Um, I, I'm really not. Um, I'm not a tech person either. So, I mean, here we are talking about someone who developed a business around a a tech application for gambling, and I do neither of those. So I'm going to do the best I can do, which is tell you that I've spent the last year working with app developers, learning that the code for an Android has to be completely different than the code for the Um, iPhone, right? The iOS is completely different. And code for the iPhone 12 is completely different from the iPhone 10. So there's all these different things that I've just had a tremendous education on. But ultimately, um, let me say this. If you go to the Winlight Bets uh, Facebook page right now, if you like it, you know, if you if you do that, then um, we'll have some live streams and we'll have some ability for you to download the app and mess around with it but ultimately what it the way it works is it's going to work just like any other major sports betting app that you know or use out there so we've spent a lot of time making it look feel um operate just like all those so you will link your uh you know bank account to it so you'll have a win wallet and then from that standpoint then you can search by Uh, you can search by track so you can go by, all right, let's, I only want to bet on, on races that are at uh, worldwide technology raceway, right? You, you guys baited me into saying that I said (laughs) it. So, um, uh, what you only want to bet on those, those events. Okay. Well then you can search by that. You want only want to, um, search by association. Okay. Well, you can do that. You can say, all right, I know this class. All right. I'm going to bet on that. Or, um, I'm only going to bet, um, you know, on uh, certain certain events or whatever it might be. So you can search by that. Then you'll have the class breakdown. You can go, and then once the ladder's set, then we'll have the ladder on the app. And then you can look right at the the ladder. Um, you can click on the driver, and we have dri- driver profile page. And that allows you to dig in even more. So um, obviously, it's, it's not, um, it's something that has to be, you know, it's gonna take a little bit of time for everybody to really get comfortable with, but once the people that do have been so excited about it that they, they keep kind of screaming at me, Rex, when is this thing ready to go? Because there's there's a lot of functionality about it and it what it does allow is people that are ancillary, um, you know, like I'd say, maybe they just get drugged to the drag strip one day. Well, now they can go and they go, hey, I, I love that red Camaro all right, whatever it is, now they can go and they can find it and go, that's the one, that's where I'm putting my money on because you can link the driver with a driver card and a picture of that car and, and then they can make that connection. And then really that's what I'm so excited about is that we're gonna be able to have that connectivity from the fans to the, to the sport itself. Um, I mean, there just doesn't get much better than that in terms of customer retention.
1: Yeah. And this is something that I don't even know if you've thought about, but i thought about it right now while you were answering that question. Uh, so my next question was, how is how do you see wind light changing the sport of drag racing, like bracket racing and heads up and, you know, et cetera. And before you answer that, I was just going to, I kind of came up with kind of an answer that I don't know if you've even thought about, which maybe you have, but It's going to let people be known and have let the racers have one more thing to sell their sponsors on and be like, look, now I have a racer profile on something that millions of people use all across the world. And just because I'm associated with this sport, and have this car, I am now on here because I'm at this race and now they can sell sponsorship for that. So it actually is going to help everyone involved and not just Rex Simmerbaker. Oh, for
2: sure. This, this obviously, I've spent my time and energy uh, making, getting this to this point. But it's it's not about me. I mean, this is this is not about Rex Summermaker. This is not about um, you know anything that's going on in Indianapolis right now. What it is about is making the sport better. So your point about having more visibility for the drivers and ultimately the sponsors who sponsor them right those that's great that's that's a fantastic thing the other major thing is is the cash flow so again we go back to this thing where most of our complaints and not all but most of the complaints are about money so I mean it infuriates me I'm just gonna tell you so you know you you can turn on ESPN sometimes and they will have tag like grown men running around trying to tag yes. each other yes and that's it. on ESPN. <laughs> And I just I got to go. There's no way like that. That cannot be exciting for anybody. Like drag racing is a hundred times more exciting than that, Um, but it doesn't have the cash to invest in. So like and additionally, another example is, you know, if you go to an NFL stadium, every time you step in that stadium, they have upgraded it in some way. I mean, it almost looks like some places look like five-star hotels. I mean, they are really high. That's not the way our drag strips look today. And part of it is they've been able to do that through TV contracts and through gaming revenue and marketing revenue. So, you know, this is going to allow, I mean, the, the cash flow model really says three things. It says that there's a percent that goes back to the tracks, um, for the handle, the handle is how much is bet on a individual event, right? So there's a percent of the handle that goes back to the track. There's a percent handle that goes back to the association, and then in states that it's legal, most states allow this. There's a few states that don't. In the states that it's legal, then a percent handle can go to the winning driver. So from that standpoint, you know we have more revenue to the track operators. We have more tr- revenue to the associations. To spend on marketing, promotions, et cetera. And then, you know, there's that, again, the, that age-old thing with bracket racing, which is do we pay the the winning driver a bunch and cut round money or what do we do? Well, in this case, if if the handle is there, you can do both. You can pay round money and then you can bump the winning driver purse with uh, what is ultimately contingency money from Winline bets
1: so and that would be cool too because that means that going to these races as an underdog you can still potentially make a decent amount of money just by being the underdog underdog with everybody wanting to bet on you because who are you going to bet on troy williams jr or this guy to make the most money uh-huh. you know that that's exactly
2: right and so you know in our model obviously you know if uh you know i'm staging up against or Williams or Luke or whoever it might be, right? The the smart money is going to be on those guys, right? right. <laughs> um, that said, things happen, you know. Like, uh, you, I, you know, uh, on occasion, right? I I get pretty good behind the wheel, and so, you know, and and things happen in the other lane. So, you know, you might go, well, of course, Luke is probably going to win, of course, but it's worth some money to try to to try to do 10x. On it this time right, right. and so well,
1: okay jason overstreet was one of our very first guests ever on the Golden Brack racing youtube channel you might know him as loose change and that's right loose change always would say that year that hunter patton went on that big role he said hunter can lose you a lot of money betting against him but he can make you a lot of money because everybody wants to bet on hunter patton and loose change said he had so much money in his pockets that day his basketball shorts wouldn't stand up <laughs>
0: No, definitely. And here's a pretty good question here out of Jim Balkard. I just put on the stream there, but it says, does everyone want their profile and stats public? And I'm sure that that particular question is going to take a little bit of trial and error. Uh, me personally, you can make it, make it public. I kind of take my cue from exactly what Casey says that I can then use that to my advantage when it comes to me going to my local grocery store or Anywhere and saying, "Hey, here are my stats. This is my win percentage. This is my loss percentage. Here's my average uh, reaction time. Stuff like that." So, what do you think about that? As I figure, we may see a you're going to see a few more questions like that. That's why I chose this one.
2: Sure, and I mean, I think that's valid in in its own way, right? If you want to keep that data to yourself, that said, every major sport. That, that data is out there for the, the other team. I mean, the, in the NFL, every ounce of film is there for the other team to scout. The, the data is there to scout. NBA, uh, you know, they, they, they break... In the NBA, they break the court down into one-foot increments, and they can mm-hmm. tell you how many times you hit each spot on the floor after the game. The other team can tell you that, right? They know all that data. So I understand that argument, and, I mean, I, that's something... That we will have to address and i don't i don't know exactly what the answer is but what i will tell you is that in every other sport that data is already out there and so you know as you, you know as a driver it's probably something we're gonna have to probably have to deal with right right and i would probably use it as an advantage my personally i mean this is this is not rex simmermaker the owner of winlight Bets. this is just rex simmermaker the driver like i I would just use it to my advantage. I'd go, well, listen, I know I was bad last weekend. It's fine, but I'm going to be better this weekend. Yep. That's kind of where I <laughs> you know, like sit, so. too,
0: Rex. This is exactly where I sit, as a matter of fact. But, uh, guys, hopefully you're enjoying the show. I'm seeing a lot of good feedback in the chat. Uh, we're polling here to see if you guys had ever heard of Win Light Bets. Thank you for all the clicks. Keep them coming. That way we can have a little bit more information. At the same time, I did link Win Light Bets Facebook page to this stream. So make sure you click on that, give it a follow, because I promise you there's going to be a lot more more information coming out as far as for the app drop date as far as for some of the things you guys are going to have questions on give that certainly give one like bets a follow but hang in there guys we'll be right back
1: TSR Racing Products has everything you need to make your PowerGlide Turbo 350, Turbo 400, and 727 transmissions the best they can be on the street or at the track. With exceptional products, customer service, and over 30 years of experience, TSR Racing Products is always available to help their customers with any of their transmission needs. In-house machining ensures you only receive the best products from TSR Racing. Visit TSR Racing Products at TSR-Racing.com or give them a call at 800 394 Five eight
0: eight nine. All right, guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you, TSR uh racing products for everything that you do. Uh the giveaways. Casey, we still haven't drawn that giveaway.
1: Uh no, I we, told did, we, we did, man. We did I forgot we to wanted. tell you. Yep. We Ooh. went out of there, and oh, uh, Chris Leary won it. Gotcha. So I got that mailed out to him. It should be in his hands by now, hopefully. That's
0: pretty awesome. Man. We know it's off-season, and uh, you guys might be wanting to make some upgrades to the old cars there. But TSR Racing Products is a good place to look for that transmission needs, man. I'm telling you, they can take care of you. Uh, they've got live online help and, uh, I'm just, excuse me, line over the phone help. If you got any questions, just give them a call. The number's right there on the screen. Probably just right above me, right about there. So definitely uh, give, them, give them a shout. But um, so we've been talking about win light bets. If you're late to the party, uh, make sure to follow the link in the chat here. Excuse me, in the stream straight over to win light bets. Give them a like because you're going to like what we're talking about here uh, as far as for betting on bracket racing goes. Uh, Rex, I don't know if you have a date quite in mind yet as far as for when win light bets is going to be live to the public. Uh, That's my next question.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I would like it to be today, but the the answer is, you know, these are this is a legal forum. You have to get uh, approval by the gaming commissions from each state, and there are a lot of hoops that you have to jump through. So, um, you know, I'm very hopeful that mid this year we'll have all our deals in place. We'll have all the legal filings. We'll have all of the approvals by the gaming commissions, but. Um, and, but it is a slow process, to be honest. And, and it's probably you know I'm I'm not a very patient person. The people that yeah. know me well would are nodding their heads right now. But from this standpoint, in order to do it right, we you know there is some patience that has to be involved. But I'm very hopeful that at some point, uh, you know this summer, um, you'll you'll see it out there, and you'll be you'll be able to legally bet on a drag race. Gotcha gotcha
0: yeah we got we definitely got some more comments here and uh, a lot of people are going to question this as well what tracks are going to be involved and i'm pretty sure that it's just another way to make a little bit of revenue for the track as well if i if i heard you correctly
2: yeah so that that's the great thing is the tracks um 99 of them that i've spoke with have been really excited about this because as i mentioned there's a cash flow source there's a revenue source from the handle that the tracks can gain from that standpoint. So th- there's really, I mean, a couple different ways. One is the revenue source from, from the handle itself. But if you think about in terms of what type of draw you can have, if you're a, uh, you know, just uh, let's call it a local uh, eighth mile bracket track, right? And you normally get, you have a run your normal bracket program and you might get 300, I don't know, 400, um, you know, just paying fans on a Friday or Saturday night. Now, if you can say, hey, you can legally bet on the races here. My guess is there's gonna be a a great number of people that go, "Eh, instead of going to the local football game uh, tonight, I'm gonna go over to the drag strip and try to make some money. And so I really believe that the drag strips are gonna see uh, the biggest benefit in terms of more uh, gait, Right. So they're going to see more gate. And those people, they they buy beer, they buy Cokes, they uh, buy T-shirts, all the stuff that you have to have in the concession stand. So um, the, the tracks themselves are really excited about this. And so we, we continue to bring more and more tracks on every single day.
1: Absolutely. We do have a couple of questions over in the YouTube chat asking uh, if North Carolina and Florida are legal states to bet in. So North Carolina is. Florida technically is, but they've had some
2: legal back and forth, so they're not they're not quite ready yet. But North Carolina is, and obviously they've got a bunch of drag strips there. So um we would expect that Indiana and North Carolina would be early in the uh the operational
1: phase. Nice. Awesome. Well we can't get off here, man, without talking about the Fast Brackets podcast. So <laughs> Sure. First of all, I know we call it top sportsman, but it's slowly turning into slow mod, in my opinion. Just oh not quite fast enough to get into pro mod, but, if, but pro mod five years ago, a lot of these top sportsman cars probably would have got in. Maybe not five, but definitely seven, eight. Of course. Um, well, I mean, uh, who was it? Was it Brandon or Mick Snyder that was running PDRA top sportsman and was going like 393 every time or something like that? I mean, he was faster at one race. I'm pretty sure Brandon Snyder was fast enough to be, like, number two or four qualifier in Pro Boost.
2: Right. I mean, and the PDRA really has, I mean, done a phenomenal job of of really taking those elite top sportsmen, you know, and really setting them apart and giving them a great stage for it. They had They had an all-three-second field this year. So, I mean, or this past year. So, I mean, you're talking about – 16 plus cars that are all going in the threes bracket racing i mean that uh, it it, it doesn't even sound real right when you talk about that you go what how how are these guys uh, driving the stripe at you know 200 plus miles an hour in the eighth mile like it just doesn't doesn't feel real and they're they're doing it at a phenomenal level i mean i think uh so and and they're getting a great car count, so you know the, what the p d r a does is they have their elite sixteen right their their top sixteen, and then they have another thirty two car field after that, and it's routine for them to get sixty plus cars um to show up entering top sportsman class competing for those forty eight spots um and they do just as well on the top dragster side. And so, from that standpoint, I mean, that seems to be the model. It seems like the fast guys, the super fast guys, want to race super fast guys. So the NHRA, I think, is um, addressing that in some way. I don't, I don't know exactly what they're going to do. And, you know, they, they, um, they're rightfully so. They're, they're slow to make major changes. So, um, you know, I, I we'll see how all that shakes out. But right now, that that PDRA model is. I mean, obviously, working, and it's it's a fantastic show. On top of yeah, that, but yeah, I so,
0: mean, so so we got an excellent question here from top dragster champion Al Peeler said, uh, or or kind of a comment here. He says, "I would like to see quick style races at some big dollar races. Maybe sixteen cars uh, at sixteen cars into the field, and the winner falls into the fifth round." What are your thoughts on that, real quick? And I know basically it's along the same lines, and it's off off topic a little bit, but. Me and Casey have talked about this. I don't know how many times now to where we have a we have a bottom bulb or a a, a no box class that falls into why not do what you just said and have a fast cars who like to race other fast cars. Yeah,
1: and not not necessarily a totally different race either. Just this is the quick sixteen right dragsters and or cars the quickest sixteen cars. You're over here now, so now we got another show. And you fall in just like no box falls in.
2: It doesn't seem like there's much of a downside, does there? Right. I mean, it seems like that would be pretty simple to implement. It seems like that would be a pretty decent show, obviously. Um, now, you know, that's. I know the show isn't necessarily the thing at the at a big money bracket race. But that said, it would be for the, for the people that do show up or, you know, they're not racing at the time. I mean, that, that always brings people to the... Fence line. So to me, it seems like an easy answer, and and really not a bunch of extra work. Now that said. I'm not the one doing that work, so it's easy for me to say it's not <laughs> right. that,
0: possible, right? Right. But I, I, side with you there, though. Uh, at and then at the same time, and and that question pretty much. Uh, there's a lot of promoters who watch this show who put on big money bracket races all the time. So I, I definitely wanted to get that out there, simply because there's a there is there are other racers out there who go. Your three-second pad, your three-nineties, your four-flash, your four-tens—that you're not even given a shot to enter the race, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, Holden Larice. Not only was he going three-nineties the other day at when it was cold, I think it might have been at one of the preliminary races, the OG Million. But he got to like fifth round, running like low three-nineties, not three-ninety-nine. He's running like ninety-two or something like that, right?
2: Well, and I—I mean, I believe—and the name escapes me. Who just won? Uh, the million running four twenties, and you know, uh, at the end of last year, he, he and raced
0: so, against the the OG million, he raced Al- against Al- Scott again. Al- Al- <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but I mean, I think that was the I think that was the fastest dial in ever to win it, right? I think that's the, and so we're getting to the point where that power is more consistently being able to be applied, and it's it's not. As tra- like it's not as on the ragged edge as it once was so it well, you can make it more consistent
1: and things with like the msd grid is what really stuff like that is what really made it feasible to do it because you can pull timing and ramp it in and i know you used to be able to do that with 7al3 but then you had chips and all this crap nobody wanted to deal with and uh but the grid man is just makes it so much easier <laughs> to profile everything and and make it possible holding the reese how fast do you really think he could go if he wanted to he could probably go 360s don't you think yeah, i think so <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i think all those guys with the pro
2: chargers say that if they if they uncork them they could run 570s in the quarter right they could right. they could just go yeah we can do that but because we have the 610 rule we have to you know do different things and typically it's it's been go high gear only and, you know, that, so they run 612 at 227 miles an hour. And, you know, they can do that third pass out if they buy the package, right? Just write the check. It's $120,000, third pass out, you're going 612 at 227. Um, and, you know, now you're in the game. So a uh, different world than what it was, you know, 10 years ago. But, uh, but man, move it, it change the game. Right. Do you
1: think a day will come whenever... I mean, I feel like the day is fastly approaching for top dragster, probably not necessarily top sportsman in the foreseeable future. But do you think top dragster will eventually turn into a 6'10 index race pretty much? I hope so. Mm. I
2: mean, I, I hope so. I want it there. That's what I want. I think that would be great. Um, there's, you know, I, more than most, right, i am uh, digging into the results every week and top dragster and top sportsman. And, man, when it's a heads-up final – you know there and it's you know six dialed 612 or 615s or whatever it is man that makes for an awesome race and so you know i I think there's a lot of different ways the nhra could tweak it um i mean i i'm not saying i have all the answers i know they could tweak it a a handful different ways and make it a little bit better for the competitor i would say but uh yeah those i think that's great i would i would love it if that was the case i mean now Trust me, I know there's a lot of guys out there running 660s in dragster that you know don't want to hear me say that, and they, you know, and they rightfully so should have a chance to compete too. But um, it's coming, so if it just stays the course, that's where we're going, right? True, true. So
0: definitely, man, I, I, I really I really think this has been really informational for for our followers here, and uh, definitely getting wind light bets out there, getting fast bracket podcasts. It's already out there, I'm sure. But getting the word back out there about that, too, um, that uh, there's definitely some avenues to where you can get your weekly drag racing fix. And I mean, this is what we need. The more we can spread this, the more we like and share it, uh, the the better the better chances we're going to have to bring more spectators to this the stands because i'm i'm actually waiting on the day just like you mentioned at the old gateway i remember stages was across the street across (laughs) the way from the track so but the stands used to be a whole heck of a lot more full back in the day than they are now and i'm really hoping that we can get back to that so casey what you got for closing i think we got one more question
1: yeah, man. We just, uh, first of all, I just want to say on me and George's behalf, thanks for being one of the first people that helped give GBR a platform to actually get out there, man. Cause we can't tell you how much we appreciated that in the, in the beginning, I think we might've had 50 subscribers. We didn't even have a Facebook page yet whenever we were on there. So we really appreciate that. But, uh, uh, who do you have to thank before you get off here?
2: Well, guys, I appreciate you guys letting me come on and, and I will say this, like you, yeah, I, I uh, have an eye for talent. I suppose. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. I mean, you guys have uh, have done a phenomenal job, and it's it's been fun to watch you guys grow. So thank you for letting me be a small part of it, and I appreciate it. I mean, Winlight Bets. We're I'm really excited about it. Um, I would love it for all your listeners and viewers just to go out there and like the Facebook page. That's really my ask for today, and then we'll we'll keep everybody updated and. Uh, i think it's really exciting for the sport i think this is is just as big as uh you know the winston days marlboro days back you know for drag racing so really excited about it
1: definitely man Well, we appreciate you coming on we gotta obviously thank tsr racing products chance performance brg 3d printed parts and our newest partner Syntex printing out of temple texas if you guys need any parts go help the people who help us all these people are Just normal guys like the rest of us, man. And we need to keep all the money in our pockets and not in the big box stores. So uh, check it out. Get some good customer service. And other than that, what do we say, George? Well, we will see you
0: next Tuesday. Guys, thanks for joining in. (laughs)